this is Mike and Tom from Mike Has a Drink. We just wanted to take a second and talk to you about our favorite app, Anchor. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you know, and even plus that, when you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Yeah, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, man, it's totally free. So listen, you want to start a podcast, you're thinking about trying to figure it out. If the two of us (laughs) figured this out, how hard can it be? So go right now, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You won't regret it. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. We'll see if she gets shy. We have high hopes because she is a teacher. So she, uh, she you know, I'm not so sure she's going to want that out there after the end of the podcast. My, my <laughs> fault. But when I said teacher, I meant professor. Um, so once again, shout out to our boys at Psycho Stick. Buy their albums, download some music. Go see them. If you're I'm telling you, they're touring. I have seen them in concert in Cleveland. These guys put on a hell of a fun show. They will make you laugh. They will make you pit. It's everything you're looking for as a metalhead. Yeah, plus, they wear funny hats. They do. They wear funny hats. And hey, they stream a concert. I think it's like every what's today Tuesday. Yes. So I either on Sunday or Monday, follow their Facebook page. They they had a concert going. It was pretty cool. They're funny dudes. Um, so, like always, you have an idea for the show. You want to give us an idea for a topic. You want to come on and be a guest. You want to tell us we're completely wrong. You want to recommend us try a different drink. Send us an email at... MikeHasADrink at gmail.com Or you can hit us on our Facebook page at... MikeHasADrink on Facebook. We, uh... We guarantee you somebody will get back to you. Yes, and it won't be a robot, man. We're we are not big time. It's just the two of us. You'll get a message as long as you don't go to spam because we don't check spam. Um, again, the merch store is still shut down. But we have a new lead, so we do. We, uh, we, we are going to enter negotiations with a new uh, production person. We'll see if she can handle the demand, and we'll make sure we still get a good price. Uh, let's see. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. On Amazon on Music. On Amazon Music. Uh, Google Podcasts. The Anchor website. Yes. The Anchor website. Or download Anchor. You can listen to us there. There you go. And then get ideas to make your own. Because like we said in our commercial, if we can figure it out, you guys can That's too. right. And plus, you know, every ten times someone listens to our ad, we make a penny. So just stick with us for the first 45 seconds. That's all we ask. And then put it on mute. Yeah. Yeah. Keep listening because we might be funny. Um... Let's see. This week, 
We are talking about the man. No, we're not that far yet. The myth. No, Tom. All right, I'll stop. Stop, 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 stop. My podcast, I introduced My rules. I yeah, introduced Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week, sure. we are uh, drinking, look, you guys all know, we're bougie, right? We're drinking out of the nice box wine. Um, how do you say that? Peanut. Peanut Gregio. Peanut Gregio. Pinot Grigio. Something like that. Columbard. Um, unfortunately, oh wait, this box does tell me. I can't read it. Light bodied. Closer to dry. If you've got garlic shrimp, crab salad, or a nice summer night, this is your wine. Um, you see, it's muggy as hell here right now. So it feels like a good summer night. Yeah, it's because I don't have an air conditioner down here. But we'll go with that, Tom. Um, trying to help you out, right? I, I appreciate it. And I we did go with a, a, a light white wine. Just because I didn't want to have the hangover while I was sitting at work tomorrow. If if I go to work tomorrow. But you know we, that brings me to my next subject. There. We know it's been a couple weeks, but we're not coming to we're work tomorrow. We're not coming to work tomorrow. Get over it. Cover us. Um I only got like four things to do, Dare. You got that. I don't even know how much I have to do. Probably a lot. But you can you can cover me. So, <laughs> oh, what else is going on, man? Um. Well, I I need to give a shout out. All right. To the Mercer Junior High baseball team. These fellas, these fellas killed it. Between seventh grade and eighth grade, are undefeated in league play over two years. They're 22-0. and 0. Wow. Uh, they did lose maybe one or two games last summer in the Lawrence County League, but it was they kind of shot themselves in the foot. They weren't the worst team. So we're definitely looking forward to seeing those guys move up. You know, I'm telling you, that is going to be a hell of a group return together. Yeah, I can't wait because then we can beat Sharpsville. And we can beat Middlesex. The evil empire. The, no. the, we're getting to where we're getting to that one. <laughs> we will beat the team with the worst fans in the world, West Middlesex. Um, and the Greyhounds from Wilmington. Just get used to it, all three of you. You've been 10 run for the last two or three years by Mercer teams. It's coming. You're going to be 10 run for the next four years. Uh, let's see. What else? Shout out. Shout out to my oldest. Finished his, finished his senior year of baseball. Well, I guess his senior year period. Um, had a great season. Lost in the first run of the playoffs to the evil, evil empire, West Middlesex. Um, which was unfortunate. We were really hoping they were going to win. But I will say I did speak to their head coach today. He is a nice guy. The other two coaches on the staff, they're assholes. Just cut and dry right now. Yeah. Assholes. You know, he said something smart to me yesterday. I asked him to meet me in the gap at the fence. He did not. He did not meet me. So, this, it's still out there. All right, pal. You're soft. Let me know. Hey, he's coming Philly style. No, no, I won't do that. That's a little too dangerous for Sarah. He's coming more like Johnstown style. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, it is what it is, man. But like, I made it this part, this far without having a record. I'm not willing to jeopardize it at this point. And, uh, by the way, Governor Wolf, if you're listening, we are not responsible for any comments. 
They are not the opinion of the host of the show. Uh, but if you want to give me a raise, I'd really appreciate it. So, this week, we changed topics because, once again... Oh, Reggie. We gave Reggie homework, and she decided to go to Portugal. Or stay in Portugal, because she's having such a good time. So she may never come back. It is what it is, I guess. Um, so we adjusted some things. Last week we talked about the villain of all villains. We had no Calrissian. No. Johnny from the Karate. Oh, that's right. No, that's not right either. <laughs> it was Benedict Arnold. The same thing. Well, no, because the British still lost and Johnny won. So I guess it's not the same thing. You got me. Johnny didn't win. Oh, he won on an illegal move that didn't get called Let's illegal. not go back to he, this again. Look, Tom, he didn't get the trophy, man. He lost. He got second place. No, he got the trophy. No, he didn't. Are we watching the same movie? Apparently not. <laughs> I don't know what you're watching. But it's not oh, what I want. Oh, that's right. I was watching Vivid's version of This Ain't. Yeah, you, you were watching like the parallel universe kind of deal. So, I was thinking... If you work for Vivid, please don't sue us. We cannot afford it. Yeah, we, look, we've only made 54 cents. So, um, what should we talk about? Like, that was the big question, right? You know, we, the topic this week... Reggie's not available. We knew this would hit Reggie's sweet spot. And Tom and I would just have to say, this week we're talking about, and Reggie would talk for an hour. And uh, we would sit here and shoot pool. No. <laughs> or at least eat peanuts. So, this week, we are going to talk about... The man. Probably the key figure in making... America. America, right? The, one of the founding fathers. He set the tone for what happens after, right? He right. set the precedent. With his circular to the colonies letter. Yes. So, I know you guys are all probably like, who are they talking about? We know the... Our one of the worst. Not super educated. One of the. We are talking about one of the worst generals in U.S. history with one of the best spy networks in U.S. history. It's Chelsea, who are we talking about? George Washington. Did you guys hear that Chelsea actually talk? How about that? Wow. So, let's talk about Little George. Little Georgie, right? He originally, just like Mr. Benedict Arnold, was from a wealthy family. They were landowners, they, but they were down south in Virginia. You were out in Virginia, Mike? Down south in Virginia. <laughs> Mount Vernon. No. No, no, no. <laughs> well, that's where he retired to. That's where his family lived when he retired. That's when he got married. Martha, his wife. Exactly, that's where he his retired wife, Martha. to because he, of his he wife Martha. For money. He, he married into Mount Vernon. He was a gold that digger. Was <laughs> he grew up on what they would have considered, it was like a 2,000 acre farm. Right. Plantation. Yeah, well, I don't know. Is 2,000 acres a plantation? I don't know. Look, if you grew up during this time, Give us a call. We need to know <laughs> what was the plantation and what wasn't. Um, but they were wealthy. He was a younger kid. The older brothers all had the privilege of being sent over. Half. Of half brothers? Older half brothers. Older half brothers. He was the product of a second marriage. I feel like we're splitting hairs here. But that's all right. So they were all sent over to England. And they went to the prestigious schools and they got the fancy educations. Right. But not poor Georgie. No. 
he just went to a school in Virginia. Now, I'm sure it was a good school. Well, I mean... You, because if you're sending your kids to school, you have to have money. And you, you got to figure, the plan was for him to go study abroad in England. Say it, jump in. Speak out loud. Interrupt. Or you just... No, 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 come on. You find your feet. That's okay. So... The, his dad dies when he's like 11 years old. Yes. Which he actually um, was constantly embarrassed and would get quite angry and violent when somebody would bring up his lack of education. Yes. And it, it's apparent. We're kind of jumping ahead, but it's, it's apparent when you read his writing compared to some of the gifted... Right. You know, you would never confuse old Georgie for Thomas Jefferson. No. You would never confuse him with Mr. Payne. Mm. It would never happen. Right. It's very, very precise, cut to the chase, dry. <clears throat> but, that being said, he never stopped reading. He was self-educated. Right. He was always looking for knowledge. Even when he became president and when he was a general, he was reading books that pertain to what he was doing. Do you know one of the most famous books he read? Mm, why Canada is the best country in the world. Close. No. That was second. Um, that was fiction. was actually Machiavelli. Yeah, you heard me. Fiction? <laughs> that you're, was a fiction. You're out of here. <laughs> Chelsea is now gone. But anyways, Chelsea, congratulations. You got kicked out two weeks in a row before Tom. Thank you. I'm trying to help I you didn't out. realize that he read Machiavelli as his first. Not his first, but one of his. Okay. One, as quoted by History.com website, one of the most predominant books that he read. Okay. Was Machiavelli's Art of War. So, he, from growing up on that particular farm, mm -hmm. however big it was, whether it was a plantation or not, we don't know, because we weren't here. Honestly, I could be wrong, but I thought the only difference between a plantation and a farm was slave work. I don't know. Too bad there's not some kind of machine where you could look that up. I'm looking it up. Typically... Uh, Okay, so the only difference was the primary focus of a plantation was the production of cash crops with enough staple food crops produced okay. to feed the population of the estate. Okay, so he grew up on a plantation because they did tobacco. Tobacco, yes. Um, Which, uh, by the age of 16, since we're still talking about his early life, his mother had taught him to completely run that plantation. Yes. Yeah, so after his father passes away, he kind of falls under like the mentorship of a family friend. Right. Who tells him that he basically needs to figure out what he wants to do. So he goes to uh, William and Mary College, which is sidebar. Have you ever been to Williamsburg? I have. You have. Have you, Tom? Miss mm -hmm. Chelsea? I don't think so. Well, I know that you two at some point were planning on going to Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. It's on the way. You gotta stop. And look, if, if you don't want to spend the money to like get the passes to go into the buildings, mm -hmm. there's enough free stuff. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. I actually applied for a job there. I didn't get selected because I didn't. Canadian. Well, that, one, I'm Canadian, and two, I didn't want to go get a master's degree because I don't like research that much. <laughs> but I am a good storyteller, right, people? Um, yeah, well, uh, maybe not. We only have 330 followers. Oh. So, anyways... So he goes to William and Mary, 
and and gets I don't know what you get, but he becomes a land surveyor. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and he's doing the surveys and starts buying up land because he knows that if he could get some land close to the towns in five years, it's gonna the value is gonna be ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also where he learns about the frontier. He learns about the mountains. He learns about the wilderness. And it's going to come in handy because we're about to talk about his early military career. Oh! Where he sparked a true First World War. He definitely did. Um, but that's a little bit further ahead, Tom. That's like 1754. We're only in 1752 when he gets, he's appointed general of the Virginia militia. militia. Yes. Okay. And his whole goal during this process was a commission. He wanted a commission in the British Army. Mm-hmm. Just like Benedict Arnold wanted to be appreciated by the colonial army. So, I'm going to argue that if the British would have recognized his talent... We'd all be talking like, yes, hey, government. We'd all be talking funny. Funnier. We're German. One of the two. I don't think the Amish would have come this far. They settled a little further south. We actually a little further east. East. <laughs> uh, they settled over in Greyhound country. Um... So, speaking of, what's the Pilgrim's favorite musical genre? Oh, no. no. Here we go. Here we go, people. (laughs) Watch out. Once again, instead of doing research, Tom was looking up dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, on, Tom. You're killing us with anticipation. What the hell did I just ask him? (laughs) What's a Pilgrim's favorite musical? Oh, yeah. Um, Plymouth Rock. People, people, <laughs> please just send an email mm. telling Tom to stop with these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. almost worth getting kicked off the episode. I'm just telling. Yeah. So, as a militia person, he ends up over in the Ohio Valley. Which is present here. day here. Here in Western PA. Which is why when all my friends... When I tell all my friends they all used to be Canadian, they look at me funny. This was all part of Canada. Okay, just making sure that that wasn't a... You weren't making that up? You looked at her to make sure you were making it up? No, I was looking over here to make sure that wasn't like a grunt like... Hold on, it might be... You might be full of it. She's thinking she got that. I'm right. I'm gonna look it up. The St. Lawrence River was the cutoff. Yeah, it was all down here. Uh, Fort Duquesne, you ever hear of that? It's up in Erie. Did you ever hear of Fort Pitt? Yeah. Yeah. They were That's up in Erie, too. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the way through Pittsburgh, Tom. I would know because I rode my mule up the falls. Ooh! To come visit. I have a fact about mules for later on in the episode, actually. Oh, good lord. Mm-hmm. Tom. Keep your kink stuff out of here. So, you promised me you would never shame me. I didn't Mike. shame you, Tom. I just said this is not the spot. Not okay. <laughs> time to play, Tom. Time to play. So, back to the Ohio Valley. You got the British and the French. They're fighting for control, right? Because they right. understand expansion is the key. Actually, um, interesting note about that is. George did not actually know exactly where the base no, was. He did not. Until he met an, a Native American war chief that he had no idea how to handle. Oh, they owned him. I And I, I did not write his name down. He was half king. Yeah. It started with a T. I didn't write it down because I knew I would never be able to pronounce it. If you want to know how to say it, there's a great documentary on the History Channel called George Washington. They discuss it. Um, 
but he kind of feels like, ah, you know, I'm George Washington. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to tell you all what to do. And it didn't quite happen no. that way. <laughs> Half King was like, nah! He's like, yeah, yeah, we know where they are. And he goes, good, well, take us there. We just want to talk to them. Well, we know where they are. So they took him there. And then... Then it was a massacre, right? He's got two or three hundred troops. Hundred, well, um, it Kevin, was only 40 of his troops but, plus a dozen Native American warriors that attacked the base. He had 150 plus camped with him. Yes. But he only took 40 plus a dozen Native American warriors yes. to the battle. and Where they, there was less than 50 French soldiers. And a child. And it was a massacre. He lost control. Now, it was a good learning point for him, but he lost control. He was just standing there watching everybody get slaughtered. Which is why they credit him with starting the first true world war, you know, the Seven Years' War. Yes, at the Battle of uh, Jumanville Glen. Yes, which do you know why it's called Jumanville now? Why, Tom? Because that was the... Uh, small child French diplomat's last name. Yes. And he was carrying... Diplomatic papers. Yes. And when... You know, but the whole thing, is, it's a classic Han and Guido situation. Who shot first? Every, you know, half history says the French fired first. The other half of the history experts say, you know, Americans fired first. Whoo! It's just my energy drink, not a beer. It's okay. Yeah, on my freaking bar top. And probably on my stool and the floor. There, it's clean. Jeez. It's getting touchy. The that's veins why, in his bald head are popping out. I, I, I am. I'm starting to get a little twitchy here. That's mm -hmm. why we went to like these cups, Tom, that like are not going to spill. Why didn't they get a wine glass? Tom breaks those. Tom broke them all. Tom has replaced more than he has broken. Tom, Thank you. Yeah, he definitely has. But all my fancy bougie wine glasses, Tom or Hudson, have broken. It's, it, it, trust me, people, it is definitely not Mike's uneven bar. Oh, it's uneven, all right. I'm, like, scared my beard. Why are you even slide. talking? You're, like, you've already been kicked <laughs> off. Don't start with me, Chelsea. Um, so... Hey, did you know that he was in love with his best friend's wife? I did not know that. His best friend, George Fairfax. Did, um, any, did anybody know that? He wrote... Good job, Tom. He wrote this letter to Sally Fairfax two weeks before his marriage to Martha. Which... Ew. And he says, hold on! You just skipped like 23 years. <laughs> well, that's because I know you're going to cover them because you do boring history. I do cool history. That is true. I've got some good facts. Oh, well, oh. would you open up and start talking instead she, of just mouthing and doing hand signals? She, you know she's what? waiting until <laughs> we get to Martha Washington. Oh, I'm politely waiting for my decades. See, <laughs> right. Instead she's of waiting skipping ahead, she's yeah. being patient, Tom. Mm -hmm. What is that? The mental timeline. Mm -hmm. like we're only hey, I'm going by history.com's timeline. Okay, that's fair enough, but you skipped over like seven little bullet points. Because they're there's they're there's little bullet points that everybody already knows. Oh really? Really? Yes. So well, and, and So let me tell you. I'm sorry, Chelsea. I I was just gonna well no. All I gotta right. go home with him tonight, so Okay, so <laughs> you keep going. Because I do not. Yeah, right. Um thank God. So, I cut him too much. Not, it's not not it doesn't work. Sounds too touchy feely for me. I am. So, he realizes that they screwed up, right? Right. The French are not going to be happy. No, they called him an assassin. Yes. And he builds probably the worst constructed fort of all time called. Necessity. Fort Necessity. If you're going to... Because... It, I mean, it was a necessity. It was a necessity. They were, about to, they were about to have like 400 French soldiers come on down. But he basically builds this fort 
in the middle of a densely weeded area. Right. In a valley with the high ground all around the fort. <clears throat> it doesn't go well for him. No, it's surprise, surprise. It's a slaughter. Yeah. And it's raining, and he finally gets lucky enough that, you know, they want to offer him the chance to parlay. And they pretty much said, look, old Georgie boy, um, we got you. Your fort kind of sucks. So, if you don't want us to take you back to Canada... Because nobody wants to go to and Canada. And give you the maple syrup treatment. That's their health care. Yes. Talking about their health care. Mm. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. It's not as good as Americans think it is. Oh. As, as someone that has people still up there. I'll okay. let you know. Mm. All right. But anyways, you know, we don't want to get political here. On air. Beyond George Washington and Fred's kicking his ass. Um, they basically say, look, man, if you and your soldiers want to leave, you, you, need to, you need to sign this paper. Well, none of them speak French. One guy there speaks broken French. The French are, look, if you know anybody that's from France... Okay, um, I, I skipped an entire page. That's why my notes are so That far makes ahead. more sense. So, <laughs> if you've ever been to France. You've been to France? Mm -hmm. They all act like mm -hmm. they don't know Assholes. English. I'm not going to say that, Tom. I. Because my people Tom. are from there. Tom is going to come straight out and say it. French Canadians. Boom. Now you're attacking both of my countries. French Canadians are just some of the... Like, you like Montreal, Mike. Come on, now. That's fair. <laughs> um, or Toronto. So, almost everybody... Or Saskatchewan. All right, Tom. We're, we're, we're out of Canada now. <laughs> we're back to France. Almost everybody over there... <laughs> speaks English. They do. Same almost everybody... They can pass... They can, they can get through. Almost everybody in Europe has been exposed to English. Mm -hmm. This is like a today thing where, like, you know, we're like stupid Americans and we take like two years of a foreign language and I know, I know, I know. We won't go there. Center yourself. Um, well, they started in preschool. I, yeah. You know, I, I lived in Spain, and the woman I lived with her grandchildren, you know, three, four years old, came in, you know, multilingual. They could count at ages three and four, you know, in, in wow. German and English. And, you know, we just, we don't have the exposure here, right. especially here in Western Pennsylvania. Well, we, we don't. are very monocultural. Right. It's fine. It's just, it's our way. Do you know why? But, um. American greed. People do not want to pay for things they think are not necessary, and a lot of American rhetoric is, we don't need to learn this, so we don't need to fund this. Sure. Which is very unfortunate, because I do, I, you know, uh, my kids are both going to learn languages. Uh, Dante's working on German. And... My younger one is uh, working on Russian. Oh, that's a good one. So, and that wasn't for me. That was just them going, you know, I want to do this. I'm like, well, you know, and we're lucky these days as parents because we can go, okay, we'll download the app. Duolingo, free, Pittsburgh-based company. Um, Since one was a little out. Yep. Yeah, he yells at me all the time because I haven't been on in a while. They're very passive-aggressive with their, yes. <laughs> their notifications. Um, but it's free, highly effective. Recommends four stars. Oh. Hear that, idea. people? Teacher recommendation. Yeah. What's it called? 
Duolingo. Duolingo. It's, it's a Pittsburgh-based company, so we're supporting. Well, they're pretty big now. They initially started off pretty small. But, um, okay. So your Pittsburgh crowd support our our local businesses and. Wait. Wait. I'm gonna go ahead, Mike. Since you don't want to be the bad guy here, you're fired. Because on the podcast, we are not Pittsburgh. We are not we are, we are proud. We are, air quote, Philly proud. Uh, Absolutely. This whole house was imported from Philadelphia. Is that why it's back, back in 1879. Oh, so back when Philly was still. All right, anyways. <laughs> Before, like, I have no one left on the I was going to say, you're really earning the name today. Worst podcast ever. <laughs> wow! That's what it is, isn't it? Yep, worst podcast ever. Wow! Just because it's written on my shirt, Listen, listen just because you've been here, like, for six episodes and never said anything, today is not the day. Okay. <laughs> you're in higher vibe, and she's Jeez! Drop some shade. Wow, man! I, mean, I don't even—I don't even know if I—I I think I might quit. I don't even know if I. That's want to probably continue. a good idea. They, they have this unspoken bro code that we don't, you know. Just... All it takes is look between Mike and I, and we know exactly what exactly. the hell we're gonna say. Exactly. Anyway, so back to Georgie, old Georgie Porgy. See, we're on the way, mm-hmm. So he basically <laughs> has to sign this paper. And, and pretty much admitting like he's a war criminal, right? Right. Him and his troops, they they killed a diplomat. So now nobody nobody understood French, so he signed it. They were all allowed to leave, and uh, it was like a month later he realized what he admitted to. Right. Blah, 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 this, that, another thing. He basically says, my campaign was pretty successful. I want a commission in the British Army. I want you to recognize the Virginia troops. I want you to make them part of your army. And they went, hmm. Nah, it's all right. We don't think that's going to happen. So he resigns. Packs up his shit. Takes his ball, he goes home. Mama says I'm not allowed to play with you no more. And he pretty much he becomes a civilian for like the next twenty years. And then on January sixth of seventeen fifty nine, old George marries the widow Martha. Dandridge Curtis. Now. Who, who was a cougar, by the way. Now, back to what I was saying earlier where I jumped the gun, is that two weeks before his wedding to Martha, he wrote a letter to George Halifax's wife, Sally Halifax, that stated, this world has no business to know the object of my love Declared in this manner to when I want you to conceal it. Which for Mary Martha Curtis. Um, historians also credit her, though, well, um, Fairfax, with basically social, like socially breaking him. Taught him how to talk and how to act around wealthy people. Taught him how to dance. Um, he was a party animal. He was, I promise. But it is purely speculation as to anything actually physically happening between the two. So, sidetrack. My old partner, George Jr. Whoops. If you're an attorney from George Jr., please do not sue us. We are poor. Um, We're talking. Fuck, so are they. <laughs> Treat your employees better, damn it. Um, we're talking, 
And he goes, oh, what's your episode like this week? I said, oh, George Washington. He said, look, I'm going to give you the greatest George Washington quote I know. Okay. I said, all right, man, lay it on me, brother. And he goes, uh, George Washington once said, if you go on a first date with someone and you're not quite sure where you stand on your second date, you just go somewhere, you have sex, <laughs> then you go out to dinner, mm. and then you come home and Netflix and chill. That that's what that was George Washington's technique, and that's why all the ladies loved him. That he was actually back like then. Huge. They, they, back then they would it was more like we'll watch Ben Franklin fly a kite and hit get hit by electricity. So you have the first date, then set up the second date. Now prior to the second date, you have sex, and then you go then on the date. Because that makes them know up. that, well, we already had sex. You get the so. awkward shit out of the way, right? George Washington So why don't you just like, have sex as soon as you meet? Because so. he's a gentleman. Yeah. Okay. One date rule. Now, I don't know if that's an accurate statement. I'm going to assume not. But that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. And I told him I would say it on you, the podcast. You know, I, I do hear that old Georgie was rather large in both stature and stature, according to some reports. He was very popular with the ladies that knew him. Oh, good Lord. We're going off the rails. Should we call you George? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> he gets married. They moved to Mount Chelsea Park. just quit. I quit. He said too much. He pretty much now is in charge of 18,000 acres, so he's rich. But this podcast is like, we need to focus people. We don't. He was a terrible farmer. Bad year after bad year. Owes tons of money. And realizes he's about to lose all his stuff. Whoops. And then he sits down, starts reading some information, starts reading some books, and realizes he's got to change how to do things. But we also know you have some Martha Washington facts. Yes, I've been waiting to hear these. Okay. So. I decided that I was going to prepare some things on our first first lady, the first Lotus. And um, I, had, I had heard some things, uh, Alexander Hamilton, there was a, a reference, um, Martha Washington named this, uh, you know, named her feral tomcat, Alexander Hamilton, because he was such a player with the ladies. Um, and uh, I feel like Mr. Bird's wife. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, sorry, let me let me get my notes up here. Oh, see, see, you're not even prepared. You know what? I think I have to We put her on the spot. Okay. So I've been to Mount Vernon. Um, very charming farm. I've also been to Monticello. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I found Monticello to be much yes. more grandiose and beautiful and mm-hmm. incredible. Um but Mount Vernon is, is quite, um, I want to say I got some, like, I mean, I was there in the 80s, like 89. Uh, so, I was four. Well, yeah, I was like nine. But anyway, so I would describe it in modern terms as what we like to call... Um, I was uh, 23. 26. <laughs> rustic chic was the vibe. Rustic yeah. chic, Puritan, there you go. Puritan, Puritan simple, you know, some nice yeah. pieces, some nice... Artwork so pre-Americana, basically. Well, it was. It, it's a very nice place. Yes. But it's not fancy like. It's not grandiose like you'd expect. That's fair. Um, I read this. Um, this is what I read that George and Martha were 
um, an actual love match, which back in the day, you know, most of the time you married for position of power, yeah. right? And or you know, his dad's a farmer, your dad's a farmer. You you know, everybody has a social status. Um, yep. So supposedly it must have been a love match for Martha. We're not <laughs> the verdict's still out on George. It sounds like he was still he was still uh, hot in land. Yeah, for sure. Um, Claimed land, so, to be more precise. Um, Martha was actually older than George. Yes, um, she was a cougar, like my She said. was. Go, you go, girl. Um, and uh, significantly, she was a widow, significantly wealthy, wealthier. Um, uh, George really married up with her. He did. And uh, had himself a little sugar mama. Go ahead, first president. Um, so... Uh, George and Martha never had children together. Right. No, because George was sterile from one of the 35,000 infections he got as a child. They don't know that. Okay. But, well, think about it. Martha had children before they married. That's true. Were unable to conceive after they married. It could have been from riding a horse. So it's all George's fault. You know. But he did love his stepchildren unconditionally. Yes, and his grandchildren. Yes, which as a step father figure, I don't like the fact that it kept being mentioned as stepdaughter, step-granddaughter in the article, but that's just my personal opinion, because the stepkids aren't yeah, my stepkids, they're your kids. my kids. That's fair. Again, just a personal... Alright, fair yeah. enough. Martha also privately donated in modern terms, I think it was like 6,000 pounds, 20,000 American dollars, right. private donation to the Revolutionary War Fund. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very impressive. Um, uh, she lived, she actually lived in New York and within the, the battle camp with George. Yeah, that was, was, that was cool. That was they were definitely eating horses and yes. freezing. Um, yep. She was like ride or die. She was. Yeah. She was. Her back. Yep. And that was one of the things that really. She, she was here. the first American. She was the first gangster chick in American history. Absolutely. Hustle okay, her. that's fair. That was one of the things though that really endeared old Georgie to his troops, right? Every you know, if you're if you look at the British. The troops are out there, they're in their tents, they're freaking starving. No heat, frostbite, whatever it is. And the officers, and the officers are in the houses. Right. And they're eating feasts. He lived in the camp. So he suffered with them. Now, I'm not saying he starved. He probably had some better things than what like, you know, the average person had, but he was there. And he was walking with the troops, and he was, you know, they could approach him and talk to him. He truly was a general for the people. Mm -hmm. um, Martha was well educated, which yes. was rare for women. Yes, um, yes. Her time, she was well educated. Oh, I have another rare fact about a woman, too. And opinionated, which yeah. women were. You were not allowed to be. No, no, so good on her. Um. Uh, so, speaking of precedents set, you know, we know Washington set a lot of precedents as, you know, our first president. Um, Martha set a lot of precedents as our first lady. Um, as a modern woman, some of these etiquette rules are just really cringy. Yeah. Um, you know, things like tea parties and um, table settings and luncheons and <laughs> gardening rules and it's it's all very cringy to me as like an educated modern woman um but a lot of our first ladies still have to do these things and three or two out of our three most recent first ladies not saying any names that's um, good because we don't have that <laughs> I know. many listeners but anyway um several of our first ladies um, have advanced educational degrees and um, you know they are just dying on the inside when somebody's like, oh, mm -hmm. do you want to have a tea party yes. with the prime minister from some random country? And you know these women with advanced degrees are like, you know what, just let me yeah. use my brain and not worry about 
silly flowers and place settings, but and you know, finger sandwiches yes. and balancing a book on your head while uh, walking. Uh, and so, um, but we do. We still respect tradition. Our first lady still respect tradition, and I like that. Um, but also, as a modern woman, I, I die a small death inside. Think about <laughs> All right. and antiquated traditions like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Give it the times, people. Hey, do you know his teeth actually weren't made of wood? No, they were made from the teeth of slaves. Or poor people. Or cow mm -hmm. teeth. Yep. Or lead. Yep. He would pay a shilling. I read that he would pay a shilling to any slave that would give him a tooth. So. He had to uh, actually have his morning hoe cakes and syrup cut into small pieces to make it easier for him to eat because the dentures caused him so much discomfort. Now, and I actually think that's part of the reason he passes away. But um, well, speaking of him passing no, we're away, not ready. we got ten minutes, dude. We gotta, we gotta move. Well, okay. So. Becomes a good farmer, starts practicing like rotating crops, and he goes into the wheat farming business. So he cuts Britain out, develops his own brand, the George Washington brand. And here's what I was alluding to earlier is he's also credited with being America's first big time mule breeder. And is credited with uh, what it was the quote said. Creating the mule stock that powered the southern agriculture for generations. I did not know that. Good, good that's a good that's a good uh, that's a bonus point, Tom. And he had like forty five dogs. Wow. You might get to come back next week. So he had Newfies, which I want. He had English foxhounds, Dalmatians, French hounds, Greyhounds, Mastiffs, Pointers, Spaniels, and Terriers. And some of the names of his dogs okay, were Sweetlips. Tom, Tom, we have eight minutes left. Do we need to get into the dog names? Well, because the one's hilarious. All right, give us the funny one. Drunkard and another one named Madame Moose. So could you imagine standing on your yard, front yard in the middle of the night going, Madam Moose! Madam Moose! <laughs> See? All right, that's fair. It's so, a good screaming name. Back, back to 1763, the British have decided that they no longer want to defend expansion. So they passed a proclamation saying, that's it. You can't go past the mountains. We are not going to provide troops. We're not going to protect you. Well, like we said before, old George knew that land was money. Land was wealth. So he was not happy. He becomes very outspoken, right? Right. The Stamp Act of 1765, he calls it an act of oppression. Yes. He really starts to become involved in protests. All the states start getting a little bit fed up, right? Well, do you know why? Yeah, because you're getting taxed. Because as a soldier, it was one thing. But as a civilian, the same thing is something completely different. So, you have, I mean, you have no problem paying taxes to your boss while you're working for them. Uh, but when you're done working for them, let me tell you, you kind of want to quit paying I feel shit. like my boss takes a lot of taxes out of my check. I'm not going to say his name. I'm just hoping the guy that replaces him... It, 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 it rhymes with frog boof. Yes. So, you're really trying to get me fucking fired, Tom. So... I didn't say his real name. I said it rhymes right. with... So here we go, right? The, col the colonies, the 13 colonies are now fed up. You're taxing us. You're making us quarter your troops. You're not giving us a say. Taxation without... Representation. Thank you. That's right. So, 
in the greatest city in the world, which is... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. No, that's 1,000% wrong, Tom. They did not have the convention there. Where was it? Um, Philly. Uh, until... The formal name? Until they realized that Philadelphia was a terrible idea. And then they moved to D.C. Way down the road. <laughs> so, they're trying to decide what they're going to do. And they reach a point where they think... The only way for us to be able to control our own destiny is we need to be our own country. That's right. So, yeah, manifest destiny and all that. Right. So, they're trying to figure out, okay, we need an army. Who's going to lead the army? Um, old John Hancock thinks he's the ideal candidate. Horatio Gates, who we talked about last week, right. was he was a very successful British commander who married a, a, a colonist. Right. And uh, they sit down and they think about it, and they were like, you know, it's already a British problem. It's already a Massachusetts problem. We need someone to bring the South involved. So George just happens to walk in in a fancy uniform. Right, he was right time, right place. He gets elected. We all know how the war goes, right? He gets, it's blunder after blunder after blunder. Our troops are starving. We're underfed. We're losing wars. Until. And, and then he changes stuff up and really gets bold, right? He takes some chances. <laughs> we eventually win the war. We know we're skipping over that, but we also know... Down the road, we are going to discuss the 13 colonies, the Revolutionary War, and all that stuff. And we're down to four minutes. So we're fast-forwarding. The war ends, right? He wants nothing to do with presidency. He, well, not even that. Before that, though, the war ends. He walks into the, into the assembly in Baltimore and resigns his commission. Mm -hmm. Says, I no longer want to be a general. News gets back to England, and King George says... If he did this, he's the greatest man alive. He goes back to his private life. He realizes that everything he fought for is about to crumble, right? Everybody's right. fighting about how everything should be done. He decides to step back into politics. Which is where he writes the, the, uh, this, what's commonly referred to as the circle letter. Tell us about it. Quickly. I can't. Because I figured you would have covered that because that's real history, not lesser-known history. No, nope, I'm going to skip that one. So, All right. So he becomes the first president. Yes. Unanimous. What's that word? Unanimously. Unanimously. And he is a man for the people, right? Every day he walked around town right. by himself, and he was approachable. People could come up and talk to him, right? And then freaking Alexander Hamilton. What a freaking, what a jerk you were, Mr. Hamilton. We need to tax alcohol to raise money to pay for the debt from our war. I mean, you might as well have taxed water. <laughs> or in Philadelphia, as we say, water. Water. So, this is his first challenge as president. Out here in Pittsburgh, they have a thing called the Whiskey Rebellion, right? Mm -hmm. So, he doesn't just send the troops, right? He digs out his uniform out of his cedar chest, hops on a horse, and he comes out here. And he, he sits down with the people that were leading the rebellion and pretty much says, look... What are you doing, kid? You're, you're <laughs> not going to challenge the structure of this country. So your choice is, you all go home, you start paying these freaking taxes, or my army's going to start shooting. So, maybe George Washington was a villain. George definitely was a villain. Uh, I mean, two weeks before his marriage, he's writing a love letter to someone else. That's the pure villainy. He was keeping his options open. <laughs> 
So he ends up serving his two terms, right? He would have you he would have what's the word? Unanimously? Unanimously. Won a third term and a fourth term and a fifth term. But he recognized that that would basically make him an American He'd be a king. He'd be a king. So he retires. Got a new one to fold. He folds them. Right. And uh, he goes back to private life, realizes that he's cash poor, builds a distillery so that he's got disposable wealth. And on December 14th of 1799, at the age of 67 years old, he died of a common cold. He died of a cold because they bled him to death. And they burned his throat. Yes. Because the, the actual name of the illness... Hurry up, 20 seconds. Is... It, it doesn't Quitty. Quitty. Quitty is abscesses on the tonsils. Yes, so he passes away. People come in for the funeral. Martha doesn't attend, but she burned all of their correspondence. There's only five letters to the day. 